0: Good evening, everybody. You guys can take your seats. And um, just a reminder, you would have heard it in church news that we are collecting boxes of Easter eggs. Can you believe that Easter is already in the shops? I think it was there already in January, and I got the fright of my life. I was like, oh my word, are we ready, nearing Easter. So please don't forget, bring your Easter eggs. It's going to our kids' church for their Easter extravaganza. So um, we wanna collect as many boxes as possible. So bring that along, drop that off at our services next week. And um, yes, let's get our kids high on sugar Amen. On Easter weekend. It's gonna be amazing. Awesome, come on, let's pray, everybody. Let's trust God. God, we wanna thank you that you're ready in this place, that you're really moving in power. God, that you're ready to minister and to speak into every single heart here today. And we pray, God, that your will to be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. All right. So tonight we are starting a brand new series called Unstoppable. And I think this is going to be a great series with amazing topics. So you don't want to miss out the next couple of weeks. Because we believe that anything associated to God is unstoppable. Because God is unstoppable. And so tonight we are covering the topic of unstoppable church. The church is unstoppable. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. Is, does God care about the church? Great. That's a very good answer. Good job. A, 100%. But if you look at the study Bible, the guy that wrote the, the, the little notes if you have a study Bible at home, in the book of Revelations, just before they start talking through the seven churches, he answers this question. He goes, If you are tempted to doubt it, look more closely at these seven letters. The Lord of the universe knew each of these churches and its precise situation. In each letter, Jesus told John to write about specific people, places, and events. He praised believers for successes and told them how to correct their failures. Just as Jesus cared for each of these churches, he cares for yours. He wants it to reach its greatest potential. The group of believers with whom you worship and serve is God's vehicle for changing the world. Take it seriously. God does. And so I recommitted my life in 2013. That's about nine years, I think nine years ago. My math is really bad. So 2013. It was around about January, February, and I remember that March, we had a VIEW conference here. There's a guest speaker, big vibe, a whole weekend thing, and I had a part-time job, and I was working canal walk at the time, and I was super bummed that I couldn't make this conference, so, so upset. My dad came and visited me in the store, I I think on that Sunday morning, and he was telling me about the Saturday, and how this happened, and God's great dance floor, and everyone was cheering, and I was like, man, I wish I was there. Yes, I was super, super bummed anyways it got me to a point where I thought you know as I recommitted my life to God I made this decision that we're going to do this properly now I even used the words we're going to do this for realsies that was the words I used I still remember I said God I'm going to go all in this is what I'm going to do and I realized at that point in my life that this part-time job that I had was actually keeping me from being fully committed to the church and being fully sold out so what I did was I made this massive decision I decided to resign from this job and that's when I actually started my music lessons. And because I decided I wanted to be more flexible, I wanted to be able to control when I work so that I can actually give more time to church, so that I can be sold out and committed. God, an amazing God He is, gave me so many students because I believe that He honored that decision of me putting God's house first, seeking first the kingdom. And so this is what my week looked like. Now given I was in a different stage of life, okay, I was studying I was full-time varsity, so I had a lot of time on my hands, all right. So Monday, I had off doing varsity work, you know, being the diligent varsity student. Tuesday, I had a course here at church in the evening. Wednesday, I had worship practice in the evening. Thursday, I had view group in the evening. Friday, I served at View City. Saturday, I hung out with friends and did some varsity work, if, if I felt like being disciplined on that day. Then Sunday, I served, if I was serving on worship, I was here in the morning, and I was here in the evening, even if I wasn't serving. And even if I wasn't at all on during the day, I was here. All services in the morning. And the evening service. I heard this, I heard the sermon preached three times in a row. Nothing's changed nine years later. <laughs> I love it, it's amazing. But I love being in church. I've always loved being in church, and I made that commitment to be sold out to the house of God. And I've seen it change my life, and I believe that it can do the same for you. So let's look at this for a second. Ecclesia is a Greek word for church, and it actually means the gathering, the assembly of believers. So you need to understand that church is not a place, it's a people. You are the church. When we gather, we are gathering as believers. And so there's a purpose of the church, the big C church, the global church, and this is the purpose. Ministry to God. When we start the service with the 15 minutes, 20 minutes of praise and worship, it's not because we didn't have anything else to put in the run sheets. It's because when we come together and we exalt the name of Jesus together as a community of believers, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. We're singing hallelujah together. We're joining in with heaven together. There is power in that. We are ministering to Jesus. We are placing worth on Him. We are worshiping. You know what? My favorite thing, my favorite thing, and if you've noticed it with me, if I lead worship, you'll notice this. I always say, sing it out. And then I put my- yeah. And then you're like, I don't know, do I sing it out or not now? like And then you guys just start singing. I'm like, you don't even need me. I just got off the stage here for a second. But that's what I love because the sound of the church is the most powerful sound. When everyone sings together and worships together, it's the sound of the church. It's an unstoppable sound that is raised up to heaven ministry to believers that's what's happening right now is that part in the service where we preach the word where we encourage you where we build you up where we get you ready to be the church in the week where we get you ready to go out and be the vehicle of change and then there's ministry to the world being the church in our spheres in our workplace in our families in our colleges in our communities in our complexes in our neighborhoods in our um, friendship circles we are here to change the world. In Matthew 16, 18, it says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, just previously it says on this rock, there's a reason why Jesus didn't say on the sand, I will build my church. There's a heaviness and a weightiness of a rock. Nothing can move a rock. So it's on this rock I will build my church. And that's what makes the church unstoppable, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Everything else might be shaking in the world, but you can be rest assured that the church will always stand firm because it's built on the rock. So there's different metaphors for the church, right? I think we know this, the bride of Christ the body of Christ. It's like different little metaphors here and people are sometimes confused. So let's talk about the bride of Christ here for a second. Okay. CJ and I are married. If you didn't know, can I quickly share a funny story? So I used to work at Moniton, right? So for a lot of years here, CJ was by himself. So when I moved back over to Tableview and I was like, yo, hey, I'm Martina, i CJ's wife. Oh, so you're real? Yeah didn't think CJ had a wife. I'm like, that is very concerning <laughs> that you would think CJ didn't have a wife. Like, yes, I am very real. Okay. But anyway, so CJ, yes, does have a wife. That is me. Okay. But, um, you know, if you were to go to CJ and say, you know, CJ, you are just so awesome. And he's awesome. I mean, come on, everyone likes CJ. I mean, you don't like CJ's like super likable. He's like the social butterfly. Like social butterfly, social introvert. I was like the two complete opposite people. Anyways, you go to CJ. CJ, you are so cool. Just like majestic hair, just like flowing in the wind. You know, you're just so rock star when you play the guitar. And you just like shred it. Oh, he's totally hiding behind the computer now. You're just so cool, you know. But Martine, I don't know so much about her, hey? Like, she's a bit strange. She's a bit moody sometimes. I don't know, like, is she okay? Is she not okay? Is she upsets. Is she happy? Like, I don't know if I really like her. Now, if CJ was a good husband, and he is a good husband, he would go, sorry, but if you like me, you need to like Martine, because we are one. We are together. You can't like me and not like Martine. We are one. And Paul actually explains this in Ephesians where he says that husbands are to love your wives as Christ loves the church. Christ died for the church. So CJ being my husband should love me like Christ loves the church, should die for me as Christ died for the church. That is how much Jesus loves the church. So you've got to understand that when people speak badly about the church, Oh there is nothing that gets my temper going more and more. I'm ready to like flip tables. I'm ready to like go a wall. Like there is something about the church. You can't speak badly about the church because if you love Jesus, you'll love the church. Because you can't love Jesus and not love the church because when we love Jesus, we love what he loves. And he loves the church. He is for the church. The church is important. Yeah, 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 but my teen church is so boring. Oh, you know, church is so full of hypocrites. All these people thinking I'm holier than thou, and I'm just like so perfect. You think church is boring? Then I'm so sorry. Then you haven't been to our church for long enough. Okay, we are the coolest church ever. Okay. Like just after this, we're gonna have after hours with a DJ. It's gonna be all vibes outside there. Like woo be amazing because church is meant to be enjoyed and not injured. We don't take ourselves seriously when you are, but we are here to have fun. We're here to preach the word. We're here to encourage you. We are here to just build into people, to build the church. We love church. So we, I'm sorry, I don't think we're boring. Okay. I think we're pretty cool. Church church is full of hypocrites and imperfect people. Yes, definitely. That's why we come to church because we need a savior because we're imperfect. We come to church. Because we need a Savior, churches, people, people, are humans, and humans well, aren't really generally the best. So, yes, that's why we come to church. It's just the purpose of the church. It's so exciting to think that we get to be a part of that, that we get to be a part of something so unstoppable. And you know what? I want to tell you tonight that you have a purpose in the church. Your purpose in the church looks like this that Paul describes the church as a body of Christ, that everyone has a function. You know, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 where it says, you know, um, you can't have an arm without a toe and, uh, and the eye without an ear, like everything needs to work together. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. I think that there are two common problems that come up. Number one, sometimes Christians think that they're too proud in their abilities and their talents to bring it to the church. I don't really want to bring it to the church. I think there's something better. I'd just rather keep it to myself, keep it in my room. I won't, you know, I won't show anybody. And then the second thing is I think that people think they don't have anything to give. You have talents, you have abilities, you have giftings that are not meant to be hid under a rock, just as Matthew 5 tells us but they mean to be put on a lampstand, to shine, to light up the house. That's what your talents and your gifts are there for, to light up the house, to build the church, to serve people. And if you think that you have nothing to give, that is a pit from, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because in 1 Peter 4.10, it shows us that God has given us each a variety of spiritual gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And what must we do? We must use them well to serve one another. You have something to give. I want to tell you tonight: if you're sitting here, there's a reason that you can sing. There's a reason that you can play drums. There's a reason that you're good at technical things. There's a reason that you're good at hosting people and making people feel welcome and invited. There's a reason why you love to cook because we've got an amazing cafe that serves awesome food. There's a reason why you love hosting people and making them feel safe and 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 and, and really accepted around you. There's a reason. And the reason is to build the church. You have something to give. No matter how insignificant it might seem to you, it is significant in the house of God because we all work together to do this unstoppable church. Oh, getting excited. (laughs) In 1 Corinthians 12, it says that Paul is urging us to use our gifts, urging us to use our talents. And whether it's visual on the stage or whether it's behind the scenes like our incredible intercessors, do you know that there are people praying for you right now? He wouldn't know that, but they're using their gifts because they believe that they are prayer warriors and they're going to pray for you guys. They're using their gifts, their abilities to build the church. They're praying for you right now. You know, I was not meant to study music at UCT. I was telling someone the other day, and it reminded me of how just this, this was such a miracle. So I was really bad. I'm really bad academically, really not great. Yeah, I passed my trip, got my bachelor's degree, I'm happy chappy. And I had all the music requirements to go and study music at UCT. But the problem was my marks, my matric marks weren't good enough for the humanities faculty that music falls under, right? So what I had to do is I had to write the maths and English entrance exam. You know that little benchmark thing that you have to write? It really sucks. Anyway, so there I am. I, I'm not even joking. I probably left 70% of the math paper unfinished because I really, I'm really bad at maths, guys. Like CJ lets me do the budget. I don't know how he trusts me that much. <laughs> Okay, I'm really bad. Use a calculator for everything. English was okay. So there I am, I'm writing the, the entrance exam. Now, I didn't hear anything back from UCT. So I'm wondering, is it a yes? Is it a no? What's going on Yeah, I need to plan my year. I need to know where I'm going. Um, So my mom decides, okay, well, let's just phone them and find out, you know, just so we know, so we can plan your year. Awesome. Phones out. No, unfortunately, she's failed both her um, benchmark tests, um, but she passed her music audition, so that was good. But unfortunately, we can't accept her because humanities, because her score wasn't high enough. We just, that's the, that's the rule. We can't accept her. Anyway, so carrying on, um, one day, I don't know how this all transpired. I just remember it. Got a call saying, you know what? We've decided that because Martine was accepted into music and her scores are high enough for that, we will accept her into into the music department under one condition that she does a foundational year. Okay, now what a foundation year is, is basically they, they do everything from start to finish with you. So if you pass that, you're then eligible to go into first year varsity pretty much. All right. So I thought wow, okay, let me do that. It was an absolute miracle. I don't know how that happened. I wasn't meant to be there. I somehow managed to get into UCT, study at this incredible music college in South Africa. Why? Because I believe that God had an unstoppable plan. Looking at my life right now, I'm looking at what I'm doing and I'm believing that God needed me there to learn what I needed to learn to build the church thing that I learned there, being under one of the most amazing singing professors, being learning the most incredible music skills and techniques, I am now imparting that into our worship team. I'm building that into our worship team. I have a dream to see local church worship teams become the best worship teams because I believe that the church is unstoppable, that that miracle of me getting into that varsity was because God wanted me to use that to build the church, not to build my name. But to build His name, that is what I believe. And it's unstoppable. It's the unstoppable plan of God. No matter what, He will make a way. If He wants you to build the church, you are going to build the church. Nothing will get in the way of that. So bringing your purpose to life. So you've heard the purpose of the church. Your purpose in the church, you play a part Now, how do we actually bring this all together? Psalm 92, one of my favorite scriptures. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will store bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green. Now I just want to just unpack this a little bit. It does not say attended in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. It doesn't say spectating in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. It says those who are planted, you are committed. You are here. You are in it to win it. You are devoted. You are going to flourish when you are planted. Recently, I was um, replanting my monster monsteria plants, whatever those fancy names are for those plants. And um, I bought some little pot plants. And I mean, the pots took them out of the bag, put them in my pot plant. I am now praying many prayers during the day that they do not die. Andre said this morning that he replanted his tree and they died. Now I got very worried. So I went home and I actually watered them because I got very stressed out thinking that my plants are going to die. But if you keep replanting, something it's going to die why because the roots aren't taking they, they, they're not being rooted they're not taking ground so I want to tell you now before I carry on with all the other things Please stop church hopping. (laughs) Find a church and get planted. If it's not this church, I will give you a list of other churches that we know are great, that preach the gospel and are awesome. We will give you a list and you can go find one that fits you. But please, please, I beg you, find a church and get planted. We think our church is pretty awesome though. So if you wanna stay with us, we would love to keep you. (laughs) church, get planted, get those roots deep. All right, so let's look at this. Three words, simple three words to help you. I'm telling you now, if you put these three words into practice this year, where are we now? We are in March. Okay, we are in March. First week of March is great. If you put this in to the end of December and your life doesn't change, I know a pastor that has personally said that they will literally take you to a a weird other religion because that's how they believe that if you do this until the end of the year, your life will change. That's, That's how much we believe in this. Okay, do you guys trust me with this? Okay, I don't want to have to take you to another church with a weird religion because I know if you do this, you will not want to. Okay, number one. Oh, wait, I didn't give you three words. The three words, go all in. Go all in. That's it, full stop. Go all in. Now, what does this look like? Number one, have consistent times with Jesus. Consistent times. Spend time with him. Get into the word. Download some awesome worship. There's some great worship music out at the moment. I'm telling you, I think it's far surpassing general like radio, secular music. I think worship music is really like taking a level up now. But download some awesome worship music. Listen to it on your way to work. You know, when you're sitting, having your lunch, I know when you walk into the bathroom, I don't know. Just get into some worship. Get into the Word. I know some people that have their quiet times in the bath. Like it's just the one time that they find that's peaceful. Hey, if that works for you, you do it. But find consistent times with Jesus where you're building that relationship with Him. Number two, attend growth track. Yes, growth track. If you have been in our church for um, many months or years, I think you can come and do the two ways on stage because you know it so well. Because we tell you that growth track is the front door. You know what's so amazing about growth track is that you get to do a spiritual gifts assessment where you actually figure out what your gifts are. Maybe you know what your gifts are and they're other ones that you never knew you had. Wow, now you've got other options of areas to serve in in the church. That's incredible. But we help you find a place in the church where you can get planted. The third thing, remember, this is if you're going all in, hey? Going all in, like this is now, you're gonna gonna get committed now, okay? Number three, join a view group. Yes, even the introverts. There is a group for you. Why wouldn't you want to get into a group? I'm, I'm naturally an introvert. Going to my first, first view group, I was a half an hour earlier, early. I sat with the host for 30 minutes until people arrived. It was the most awkward 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> I was like, from then I'm taking on the table view culture and I will be 45 minutes late for view, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but seriously guys, Even my introverts out there, I feel you, I know it's nerve wracking, but just do it. Suck it up, dig deep, get to a view group. I promise you it will change your life. For anyone, there is a view group for you. Even if you wanna go through a series and you wanna chat through that, or you just wanna join a view group that eats awesome food and hangs out, whatever, just get into a relationship with people, make friends, get people to pray with you, encourage you, board you up. There's something about being in a view group. Also, I went to a view group as soon as I joined the church. That was it, I signed up to be baptized, I signed up to be in a view group. I was there the next week after they contacted me. I just got into a view group. I knew it was important, they said, Go all in. I went all in. And I've never looked back. Now years later, I'm still here. I'm going to be like Andre when I'm 44. You're just not going to be able to get rid of me. I'm still going to be here. Guess, sorry, Andre. It's like you're just not going to be able to get rid of me because I'm planted. I'm planted. Unless God uproots me and puts me somewhere else, I am not leaving. I am planted. Because those who are planted in the house flourish, join a view group. Number four, serve on a dream team. Join the worship team. Join the worship team. (laughs) Serve. uh, This is my. This is my time where I get to advertise the worship team. (laughs) Serve on a dream team. If you love kids, serve on our kids team. I think our kids team needs more adults. More, more, more parents serving. Hey, that's amazing. Come on. There's a cafe. There's coffee. There's worship. There's production. There's media, photography, social media. Whatever tickles your fancy, we've got it for you. And if you don't like it, hey, guess what? You're not married said, We'll put you in another one. We'll find a dream team where you can go, I was made for this. You wake up on a Sunday morning and say, I was made for this. I'm going to go and serve because I am part of an unstoppable church. And then number five, and the worship team can come on up so long, is come rain, shine, thunder, or hail, get yourself to church on a Sunday. Get yourself to church. When you're not serving, get yourself to church, get into the worship, get into the Word. Remember, I'm telling you these secrets as going all in. And it's going to take some sacrifice sometimes. Sometimes you're not going to want to feel like it. I feel you. I also wake up on a Sunday morning going, I'd rather stay in bed and watch Netflix. But then I suck myself up again and I'm going, you know what? Better is one day in your house than many a thousand hours where I'm going to get to church today because I'm called to build The church. Get to church. Five things to go all in. And just before I share the last one, I want to share a story with you. Seven years ago, I had just stepped into a new ministry role. It was a brand new adventure. Got um, Basically, to start leading uh, this youth group. At, well, View City Youth, not this random youth group. View City Youth, but at, our, um, at the Moniton View Church. And um, I was so excited. So, so, so excited. had no clue what I was doing. Absolutely no clue. So I failed forward. I grew. I learned. And then the cycle just repeated like 10,000 times because I just no clue what I was doing. But I had so much fun in it. And you know, when you start building the church and when you start going all in, when you start doing something of significance, how many of us know that that's when the enemy starts throwing things at you, start throwing curveballs balls at you because you start becoming a threat to him? And so I'll never forget this moment. It was a Saturday where something in my personal life happened, in, um, in my family life and it completely shocked me to the core. Turned my life absolutely upside down. This was in the year that I started this youth group. So now I had to navigate a family crisis, which left me heartbroken, shattered, not knowing how this is actually all going to work out. But you know what I did? On that Sunday morning, after I found this all out, I got up, got out of bed, had a shower, got dressed, puffy red eyes and all, got into my car, drove to church, went to the front row that I was always in, my seat that I always had, countdown clicked on, going into the first praise song, and there I was. Clapping, I'm smiling, I'm dancing, I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. I'm praising God. No matter what was happening in my life at the moment, when everything felt like it was crashing down around me, I stayed planted in the church. So the sixth thing is no matter what seasons you're facing, no matter what crises of faith you are going through, no matter what family crisis, financial crisis, whatever tough time you are facing, keep doing the above five and dig a little deeper because it's in those times when you are facing the storms of life that shouldn't pull you away from church. It should get you more into church to get you planted because as we see that when you are planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. You will be like a palm tree, a cedar of Lebanon. You might be bent but never broken. You will be bent, but you will never break because your roots are deep in the house of God. You will realize that whatever is happening in your daily life is nothing compared to the eternal significance you are planting and that you are sowing. You will realize the power of the church in your life it will resonate in your heart when you are facing that tough time because I've seen it people go through extremely tough times and they leave the church thinking that that's the answer the answer is to keep doing the five above things you keep going to view group you keep serving you keep attending on a Sunday no matter what season You go all in. Now is your time to go all in. Don't wait a minute longer. Tonight, sign up for a view group. Come to Growth Track on the first Tuesday of April. You know my only regret um, nine years ago of going all in was that I didn't do it sooner. That's my only regret. So if I just did it sooner, what can you lose? But you have absolutely everything to gain. And in Matthew 13, Jesus tells us this, that God's kingdom is like a treasure hidden in the field for years and then accidentally found by a trespasser. The finder is ecstatic. What a find! And proceeds to what? Sell everything. What? Go all in. He went all in. He sold everything. He went all in, oh God's kingdom is like a jewel merchant on a hunt for exquisite pearls, finding one that is flawless. He immediately, what? Sells everything, he goes all in. Because when you go all in, when when you find out about the church and the kingdom of God and you get to relationship with Jesus, you can't help but go all in. Because there's absolutely nothing to lose but everything to gain. So why don't you stand with me tonight? And once you raise your hands as a sign of surrender, it's not a weird thing. It's just saying, God, man, I'm so imperfect. I want to go all in. What do you have to lose tonight? Nothing. And the first step to going all in is actually just accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not joining a religion because it's all about relationship, <laughs> having a living relationship with Jesus. And we do this by doing two things, acknowledging in our heart that we are a sinner, we mess up and we need a Savior. And believing Jesus died on a cross for our sins, He paid our debt and redeemed us so we can have eternal life with Him one day. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So if you're standing here tonight and you're saying, Martine, I wanna take that very first step in going all in tonight, and I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna surrender to Him. Just wanna, just, just give me a wave, raise your hand where you're at. I wanna know who I'm praying for. Awesome, there's a hand there. A host might just drop something in you or they might just catch you after the service just to connect with you. Is there anyone else? Just put your hand up somewhere, just high, so I can see it, so I can know who I'm praying for tonight. If you feel that knocking on your heart, there's a hand right there. If you feel a knocking on your heart, you're just feeling like you just can't you just can't ignore it. You feel like your heart's racing, you feel like you're about to start sweating. Like that's God knocking on your heart saying, Come home, come home. Is there anyone else here tonight? It's the first step of going all in. Your life will be changed forever. Anyone else? Come on, let's pray together tonight as a church. God, thank you that you save me, that you love me, that you call me by name. And tonight, I declare that you are my God, that you are Lord of my life. I surrender everything. And tonight, I want to come home. In Jesus' name, amen.